Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are your hosts. I'm Dean. And I'm Kratos. And Kratos. Yeah. Today. We're beside each other. We are, which means. Which must mean. We have a guest. Oh, uh, oh and we're dressed alike. This is not just any guest. I'm going to let you introduce this guest. Oh, I hate when, you know, when you forget names. Um, <laughs> I want to say Bill. <laughs> Pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> you could call me anything, really. I'd still respond. All right. This is my lovely, endearing husband, patient in all of his ways, Nathan Townsend. Jesus. Yeah, Nathan. Yay. Nathan, we've been waiting for this for almost a year now, and finally you're here. Yeah, I'm excited. We've been wanting to do a two-part series called Meet the Other Half. Okay. All right? Mm -hmm. So this is part one of Meet the Other Half. And then in two weeks' time, we're going to do part two. And you and your other half will be dressed alike as well, right? That we was... will not be dressed alike. No. You guys, Matching this is... Iceland sweaters? <laughs> no. We'll, we'll lend them to you. <laughs> I know she's Icelandic, but where did you get your Icelandic sweater from? Well, I actually got it in Iceland. It's okay. authentic. Yeah, okay. when we went there, I don't know, maybe seven ish years ago uh, it's all a blur we went to iceland with the kids and i wanted an authentic you know wool iceland sweater so i just have another question are yeah. you itchy right now <laughs> you know i haven't worn this very often because it is extremely itchy i wore a long sleeve shirt underneath okay and yes. the second question are you hot right now because it looks like it's really warm actually surprisingly not it keeps you really warm outside yeah, yeah. but comfortable inside well not to mention they're extremely fashionable I and mean, look at this we're matching <laughs> it's like i like i'm looking at myself listen if the sheep the can light do version. it we can do it we are the sheep of the lord's hey. pasture okay you tie that into jesus you have a knack for that tying things into jesus <laughs> I do, don't i yes give me any topic and i can tie it into jesus <laughs> I've experienced that firsthand here on Let's Go Up. <laughs> oh. I have a question for the two of you. I'd like to know how you met, or do I really want to know that? No, it's... Uh, Are you ready for the romance, Dean? This is a very romantic story. Not romantic, <laughs> in the least. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw Kreta's, it was in a gym. She'd just been working out, and she was sitting all like sweaty, sitting there on the floor. And my friend at the time had an interest... In Cretus's sister. Okay. Yeah. So it all and started with someone else's little ploy. Yeah. I could tell the way you were looking at him, you just had this look of just <laughs> like, why are you even talking to me? Uh -huh. I know what you're doing. I saw right through him. He wanted to set us up on a double date. Okay. And so, yeah, we went on a double date and then mm. things didn't work out so well for my friend and... And they worked out for you. And yeah, but you know what? Neither of us were looking either. So mm -hmm. I do remember after our first date saying to him... You don't expect to see me every week, do you? That's true. You did say that. <laughs> and what was your answer? I was like, oh, no, no, that's fine. Like, But you know what, though? Honestly, we weren't in a place where we were seeking or where we were mm -hmm. desperate. And then it just, just and worked And then we out. actually did want to see each other all the time. It was like, whoa, I actually <clears throat> want to see this person again tomorrow. This is amazing. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, you're like, well, we don't have to see each other every day, right? I was like, well, okay. And here we are. How many years later? Don't expect me to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Numbers. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Mm. 16 years. Yeah. And then we were together for about five years before we got married. So Okay. 21 years. So over, over half our lives. All right. Uh, we've known each other. So Nathan, when you first met Kratos, you wanted nothing to do with Jesus. She was sort of there, but you weren't. So I never grew up in faith, really. I remember, you know, when I was a young kid, I think... I got taken to Sunday school and that kind of thing. And I remember being taught, 
you know, the golden rule, like yeah. love people as you love yourself. That's a good rule. It is a good rule. Yeah. I never really tied it into Jesus. Once I got old enough, I didn't want anything to do with it. I, you know, started making my own decisions. And I would have told you God was as real as the Easter bunny. The Easter bunny. Or or Santa. Careful, because this is Christmas time. That's There's true. a lot of kids that might be yes. listening here. You know, uh, you got to find out somehow. Why not right, right here? Okay. Let's go up. Okay. <laughs> it just seemed like a fairy tale to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of where I was coming from. Trita's always believed. She always had a heart for God. And of course, we'd have talks and you know, conversations about it. And I remember telling her, like, I'm fine with you doing your thing, but don't expect me to pretend right. to believe in something that, mm-hmm. that I don't believe in, right? Mm-hmm. And then it came to the time where we had kids and she started taking our kids to church, which mm-hmm. I was like, sweet, Sunday mornings, I can do my projects. I got Perfect. me time. You know what? Like, that's where I was. So it could be better. Yeah. I remember one of our conversations, she just made a comment. She said, you don't have to try to believe in God. You just have to stop trying not to. Oh, okay. I think you're okay. Like, yeah. I think you did say that doesn't even make any sense. That was when I told you just be like blank, like leave the next page blank. Okay, weirdo. I was fine with yeah. you doing your thing. Yeah. Anyway, one day, probably six months later, kind of thing, I looked outside and I, I saw a woman with a flat tire outside of our house on the street. And I thought, you know, I should probably go and give her a hand changing her tire. In so, the pouring mm-hmm. rain. It was a pouring rain. She was digging everything out of her trunk. And so I was gone at work. She didn't have the right jack in the car for some reason so i went back into the garage i hauled my jack out and changed her tire for her not a big deal said goodbye and i thought that was it about five hours later she shows up at my house again and it was almost kind of funny she just gives me this card like a thank you card and then she just turns and walks away i was like oh okay like kind of weird so (laughs) she was an introvert (laughs) it was i can relate yeah here yeah Yeah, it was almost comical you know (laughs) anyway i shut the door And I turned around onto the stairs and I opened this card and it's a very, very plain card. It just says, thank you for your Sunday blessings. We were blessed to have you help us today in our time of need. But for reasons that I don't really understand, I uh, opened the card and it's like Mm. a switch just flipped. And this presence came over me that I couldn't explain at the time. It was the presence of God. I knew in that moment that God was real. Something in the card. A second before, I would have said, I am an atheist. I don't believe in any of this. Mm. And when the Holy Spirit, which I understand now, mm-hmm. came over me, it was like electricity. Every part of my being like just was filled with light and life. And in that moment, like I just broke down. And I went to my bedroom and I got onto my knees and I prayed to God for the first time in my life. And I believed. It wasn't just believing. I knew. You hear about a lot of people coming to God when they're in a time of need, right? When they're, when they're at their lowest of lows and then they finally turn to God. It didn't make sense to me. I had everything. I had great job. I had a beautiful wife. I had two healthy children. Yes, thank you for that. House, cars, everything that anybody could want. And I wouldn't have even said I was looking for God. I wasn't seeking God. I didn't understand the timing. You know how hindsight is twenty twenty. It wasn't very long after. My mom passed away suddenly. And then shortly after that, our son got diagnosed with autism. And then we had some other stuff going on in family circumstances. A lot of heavy, heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I had something so powerful to lean on. Sometimes we wonder about his timing, but it's perfect. Mm, Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how I came to faith. I'm sure there was 
you know, a buildup of things that I didn't understand at mm-hmm. first. But so then I got a Bible, started learning about Jesus, started getting excited. I didn't know any of the Bible. I didn't realize. I remember saying to you, Kratos, I'm like, you know, we actually get to meet Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's reading amazing. the Bible like, in bed. And yeah. He's like, oh, <clears throat> looks over at me. Did you know we actually get to meet him one day? Yeah. <laughs> like the amount of <gasps> moments as you're reading and you're just like. Everything ah. changed when, when I knew God was real. When I didn't doubt, everything changed. It mustn't have been more than a year or two after that. Yeah. I met the two of you at church. I think it was within that first year. I think it was probably within the first year. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I was uh, on the worship team at that yep. point. But then I do remember when you came I didn't realize how little I knew about even just music in general. You came with such a level of professionalism that you challenged all of us to become better musicians, better worshipers. You taught us a lot of things that I never even would have considered, Mm -hmm. playing on time, choosing a key that would actually suit the congregation to Mm -hmm. get everybody involved. So many little things. All the little details. Oh, so so many things, yeah. So that was really cool. So just for background for... Or let's go uppers. <laughs> the three of us have spent so many precious times together, sitting, chatting. Yeah. And it's one of those things where we'll start talking. Three hours later, we look at our watch and we say, <laughs> where did the time go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have been in home churches. Mega churches. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> For a year during COVID, yeah. when nobody could meet... We did a little church and we called it Mega Church. Yeah. And for a while we did it online because yeah. we couldn't actually meet together. Yeah, Mega Church was outdoors. Well, it was indoors and then it, then it was outdoors and then it was oh, yeah. online. And yeah. Our numbers were huge. I think we were up to five. People, yeah, we had pens. Maybe six people. Yeah. We was, had a kids program. That's right. <laughs> Coloring book. Somebody gave us a little package. Yeah, coffee mugs. Um, Christine Foth, yeah. who was on. The, who was on Let's Go Up. That's yeah. right. She gave us a package with mugs, yeah. Mega Church pens. Mega Church children's program. She had fun with her label maker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was finding labels for like years after that. You see a little Mega Church label in the bottom of a yeah. drawer that slipped off a pen. Yeah. We still have the mugs, but I think the labels have The labels have now. come yeah. off okay. the mugs, but we still do have a couple yeah. of them have survived right. over the yeah. years. So we've had a lot of great conversations and we've spent a lot of time praying as well, praying over Blake, over your son. Mm-hmm. And your daughter is a gem, mm-hmm. I must say. One thing about Haley, and someday we want to get Haley on when she's ready. She's very artistic, and when you go to Nathan and Cretas' place, Haley will draw a picture of you. <laughs> you might want to make sure that you're secure in yourself, because <laughs> she puts every single detail, every, every, detail. <laughs> every dot, every wrinkle. Well, if you picture a mini Cretas, this is what you get. <laughs> she takes after her mother. Don't put any of that on me. She's even got the love <laughs> of science. Okay, I saw yeah. this old memory yeah. pop up. It was years ago when she was little. She said, Mom, one day I want to grow up and I want to figure out if spiders get goosebumps. Maybe if I put a spider in a really cold cup of water just for a second and then I quickly put the spider underneath a microscope, I'll see if it has goosebumps. <laughs> Sounds logical. <laughs> Logic. So anyhow, just saying... These are two of my favorite people in the world, and I'm so blessed to call you both friends, and I'm so blessed to be able to work with Caritas every week on this podcast, So, mm-hmm. and really happy that you're able to finally make it yeah, tonight. Exciting. So Nathan, when I met you, you were a brand new Christian, and from that point in time till now, there's been such a transformation in your life, so much so that I hardly even recognize you. You shine so brightly. You have such an awesome revelation of 
Christ in you and what it means to live in the new creation life. Mm. How did you get from point A to point B where you are now? What were some of the steps, some of the things that happened? How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is amazing. Holy Spirit is amazing. That's one of the the understandings that I've developed is understanding that he meant it when he said Holy Spirit would teach us all things. Right, yeah. And I think Holy Spirit knows when we're ready. You know, Jesus himself, like he said, you know, I have so much more to tell you, but Mm -hmm. more than you can now bear, right? But in time, the Spirit will reveal it to you. And the biggest part of my journey is listening to God and, and through the Holy Spirit and spending time with God. That's where the transformation has come. So one of maybe the defining periods of time that really sort of catapulted us into a deeper relationship Mm -hmm. uh, with our father was just an act of obedience. When our son was seven, I think we just felt called to go down south to Bethel Church to get healing prayers. Right. And I was like, well, God can heal anywhere. You know, why would we go all the way down there? But it wouldn't go away. And we saw there were different signs kind of guiding us down there. It's like asking God for clarity, and then he yeah. gives clarity, and you're like, oh. Yeah, we asked him about it, and then all of a sudden something popped up saying like a specific ministry towards praying for autism, and like mm-hmm. just little signs like that. So, you know, what? we're like, let's just do it. Let's go down there. And just constantly on your heart and yeah. popping into your mind out of nowhere, you know, this thought, and yeah. you're not even thinking about that, and you sense him speaking to you. Mm-hmm. So we followed where God was leading us. We didn't see the healing that we originally went for, although we did see another miracle on Haley's leg, uh, right. on her hip, uh, got healed. But we came away from that place with this overwhelming sense of thankfulness. Overwhelming is an understatement. I remember we both yeah. turned to each other in the plane. It's like, are you feeling this? <laughs> yeah. And it didn't really make sense. Like, you know, you go somewhere for a specific reason in your mind and you don't receive that. And yet we came away so full. And before you move on from this, yeah, I remember years later hearing a really old Bill Johnson sermon, and he was saying that he had spent years praying when no one was there in their auditorium for thankfulness over people. Like he mm. just had this strong, overwhelming feeling to pray specifically for thankfulness on people. And this was years before we showed up. So that place had been already targeted. <laughs> so it was bathed in that prayer. It was bathed in thankfulness. And you came yeah. away with a sense of thankfulness. Yeah. I remember yeah. when you came back, actually. I remember sitting at your house and talking, knowing that something had happened. Hmm. That season just snowballed into another season. If I were to put it into words, what it did is when I started opening up the scriptures, we would see these promises of God. A lot of them are identity, like who we even are, what our purpose was. Through that thankfulness, I started thanking God for who I was. Right. Even if I didn't understand what the scripture was saying, an example is like, thank you, God, that I'm seated in heavenly places. I can't even honestly say that I fully understand what that means yet either. Right. Mm -hmm. But I just started rejoicing in it and thanking him in it. And through that, it escalated. Faith started to rise and then started putting more faith in his word over anything that I had been experiencing. It just took off. Like now, when I start looking at the promises of God, it's like you can't lose. Like we have everything we need for a life of godliness. We're lacking nothing, you know? To know his love is to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So the more I press in, in faith now, the more you can't help but to rejoice. You can't see anything but the victory of Christ, despite circumstances and situations. Mm-hmm. That all led into 
what it means to deny yourself. And that's an absolutely huge thing that Jesus showed us. Like we're not here for ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. we weren't created for ourselves. We were created for the image of God. So now all of a sudden when I deny myself, I'm seeking first the kingdom, my heart, mind, mind are on Jesus. And I wake up and now it's like, God, how can I bring you glory? in whatever comes my way. My purpose is to multiply you, to show your nature, to spread your joy and your light and your life and your peace to the people around me. That's my mission. That's why I was created. And circumstances have nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. In fact, we can glorify him more even through them. So now all of a sudden it's not about me. It's about bringing glory to God. It just gets better and better. Right. <laughs> so one thing that's interesting about the two of you, you know, I know a lot of people who, you know, they've come through a long journey, but they've listened to a lot of teaching or a lot of people bring truth to them. And then they form their view of God and their view of their Christian life and their Christian walk from that. But what I've noticed with the two of you, it comes directly from the word. Mm. Like you're digging in, you're finding things. And I think to myself, okay, did that come from that teacher or that teacher or that teacher? And then I'm like, no, they haven't even heard of those people. The Father is showing you things in the Word and bringing things out to you that are amazing, and it's to the Holy Spirit teaching directly into your heart. Mm -hmm. That is the thing about the two of you that amazes me, is how the Holy Spirit has led you in this journey. Because I know we've been through a few years of COVID. We haven't actually been able to go anywhere. We haven't been able to really go to church. We haven't been able to do things that we used to do, but yet He's continued to teach you. Mm -hmm. and bring you and move you forward and move you into these amazing places of light. It's just a testimony to me that when the Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, he'll bring to remembrance all the things that I said to you. Those scriptures, they're for real. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> these two are living examples of that. Those scriptures come to life right here. Hmm. So Nathan, tell me more. Well, I mean, going along with what you just said, like one thing I love about the Holy Spirit is he speaks only what he hears from the Father. When you talk about all of these different teachers, not at all uh, diminishing the need for teachers, but right. we discern differently when it's the Holy Spirit speaking straight to our heart. It's like, you know, how you could listen to a thousand sermons, but Holy Spirit could just be like, hey, and just whisper something into your heart. And instantly it just breaks you. It just teaches it to you in a way that is more real than if you listen to a thousand people sharing about their revelation. So intimacy with God is the only way to get there, mm -hmm. spending that time in the secret place, which is one of my favorite things to do. You talk about the word and trusting. Like that's one of the biggest things God has spoken to me is trusting in what he says, not based on our experiences, not through that lens, but just taking him at his word. And then instead of twisting or distorting what he's saying through my experience, allowing my experiences to be changed and affected by his word. Right. It's a game changer. Mm -hmm. It's just faith though, really. It's just believing God, that's all it is. But the more faith we have, the more you start to see your experiences change. And then faith rises even more and it just snowballs. That right there was a mic drop. I almost hit your foot with that mic. You would have been dead. <laughs> It's all good, though. We didn't. <laughs> we escaped death. <sighs> Lucky man. Yeah, yes. yeah, there you go. Living on the edge, Dean. Okay. You are living on the edge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. But like I said, like you could get that from listening to several teachers that I know of, but I know that you've never listened to those people, and the Holy Spirit has brought that to you. 
in such a fresh way. I think that's what makes you shine so brightly is because you've been taught directly by him. There's nothing clouding it. Like there's no preconceived ideas because you didn't Mm. come from a place of knowing anything about God or anything about who he is or who you are in him. And he's brought you into this place and he showed you these things through just the word of God. I'm interested to know when you say intimacy or oneness with him, what does that look like to you or what does that mean to you? Well, Jesus said, if you seek, you'll find. Mm-hmm. If you knock, the door will be opened. God will speak to you at the level that you submit, at the level that you hunger for him. He wants to reveal himself more and more. So having that passion for knowing him more and more and more, and then the more you get to know him, the more you want to know him, you'll prioritize in your life what's important to you, mm-hmm. right? Your life lived will reveal what you believe. That's the bottom line. If you really, really want to know our loving Father in heaven, Jesus, our Savior and Holy Spirit, you're going to make the time. One of the ways, like I get up extra early, 10 to 4 sometimes in the morning, intentionally so that I have that time alone with Jesus before I have to go to work. And it's funny, it's not, I need to fit in time, like read my Bible. You're excited to do it. It's like when you're first dating someone, that like excitement, that butterfly feeling just isn't going away. (laughs) Yeah. If we chase faith rather than the feelings, the feelings will come, the manifestations of God will come. But if we really just seek him at his word, that's when the doors just start opening up and he'll speak. And it's available to everyone. I think that's a big stumbling block. Someone had told me once, I think you have the Holy Spirit experience, but that's, I think only some people get that. But I want to tell everyone out there, this is available for everybody. Every single person he paid the exact same price for. It's pretty amazing to me where you've come from and where you've landed up. And the fact that there's been not a lot of outside interference. And the cool thing is that the two of you come up with ideas and things that the Father speaks to you, and you write them in this book, right? Mm, the gold book. Yeah. We, the golden well, book. <laughs> I've is, seen it once. This, this is the gold. Oh, you brought the golden it's book. Always the gold, the gold book stays in my Bible. Oh, it so stays this is, there. This is the gold book. It's shiny. <laughs> Because everything in here is solid gold, because it's right from the heart of the Father. From okay, I didn't know that you had it here tonight. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's always in his Bible there. <laughs> yes. So you write things in the golden book that the Father speaks to your heart. So what would be an example of something recent that the Father has spoken to you? So what I do before work, usually I get to work a bit early, and I, I spend 20 to 30 minutes in prayer. And so this was something he's been speaking to me for a while, but I felt his presence so strongly one morning. And so mm-hmm. I just started writing everything that I heard. And one of the things he said to me, he said, my beloved child, my word is truth, and you will find freedom in this truth. Keep your eyes fixed only on me. Let me take you deeper than you ever imagined. Don't look at other people. Don't look at anyone else. I am the source of your joy and of your life. I'm the giver of peace. Do not be deceived by any fine-sounding arguments that justify anything less than my word promises. Trust in me. Do not give yourself to the lies around you. Do not sell out to anything less than I paid for you to be. I've bought you at a price, and I want what I paid for. Anything less is deception. Mm. So when God tells you something like that, Mm -hmm. how can you not just go, bonkers and get so excited (laughs) and just look at his word and be like, God, I trust you. No matter what I'm seeing, no matter what my experience says, no matter what anybody else's experience says, you're telling me that I can walk just as you walked. 
So I want to go there. This reminds me so much of that example. God really spoke strongly to you when you were rollerblading with Blake. Oh, yeah. So God uses these situations like that. I've been teaching Blake, my son, how to rollerblade. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first he was wearing these rollerblades. He wasn't rolling or gliding. He's just walking. It was like clip, 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 clip. Yeah, stomp, stomp, (laughs) stomp. And I had my rollerblades on with him. and I'm holding his hand and helping him balance. And then he sits down on the curb. And I've been skating since I was a little kid. I'm, I'm very confident on rollerblades. So. A highly skilled blader. Yes, yes. I don't want to brag about my rollerblading abilities. <laughs> but I'm going to spend some time to Kind brag. of a big deal, yes. <laughs> so Blake sits down on the curb and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity. And I just took off. I just did a quick, fast lap around the parking lot. But this, God just destroyed me in this. I looked back and Blake jumped. He leapt to his feet with his arms open, like leaning towards me, like I didn't know it was possible to do that on those things. Like, show me, take me with you. Mm -hmm. And man, I wish our reaction was like that with Jesus all the time. He showed us this amazing life. He modeled it perfectly. And I'm like, Jesus, take me with you. Like, I didn't know I was even capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. Show me, teach me, right? It's just a beautiful example of a pure heart. And thus the quote that we've said many times here on Let's Go Up, we need to refuse to normalize anything in our life that is less than Christ. Yeah. I do think that we need to comb through our Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, Mm. John, and I've been doing that lately. Yeah. And looking for all these little clues, like what did Jesus do? Yeah. And you're right. He showed us this amazing way to live. Yeah. And anything less than that in my life, I now refuse to justify It's so good. I refuse to normalize it. Yeah, it's so powerful. And there's so much scripture on it. You know, like as the Father sent me, so I send you. Mm -hmm. You know, the things I do, you'll do if you believe. Mm -hmm. We've been predestined to be conformed to the image of our creator. Mm -hmm. You know, anyone who claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. You know, there's so much scripture pointing and showing us that we can live this. I had a really cool example come to me the other week. Have you seen the Top Gun Maverick movie? Yes, yeah. So the whole movie, they're trying to fly this mission. They have to fly it low, they have to fly it fast, and they have to fly it aggressively enough. So if they go too high, they'll get taken out by missiles. If they fly too slow, the enemy will catch up with them. And if they don't fly aggressively enough, they'll hit the canyon. And the whole movie, they, they can't do it. Maverick is trying to teach them and they can't do it. Eventually, Maverick gets fired They hired this new guy and he says, okay, we're going to change all the parameters. You don't have to fly as high. You don't have to fly as fast and you don't have to fly as aggressively. And the students are like, well, what about this? What about the enemy? What about that? And during this, Maverick gets on the radio and he's just stolen a jet. And he says, I'm going in. I'm going to fly this course. And he turns off the radio and he just starts flying the course. I remember that part. Yeah. And he's going in faster and lower and more aggressively than they've ever seen. And you see the students, they're at the edge of their seat. They're like watching this, like what's going to happen here? And they're getting more and more anticipation. And he finally finishes this course at the end and he's beaten the target time. And you could see the reaction of the students. They kind of sit back. You could no longer convince them that it was impossible to fly that course. Right. When I look at Jesus, you can't tell me that it's not possible to walk just as he walked when he modeled it to perfection. And then he gave me Holy Spirit to empower me to do that. Mm-hmm. I love that, yeah, but that was Jesus isn't in the Bible. He told me to follow him. That is one of the most exciting things to me because he's invited me 
to follow him into that life. When you believe you can walk as Jesus walked, you're going to start to pursue it. You know, you're not going to justify anything less, even if you're not seeing it. Now that we've seen it done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Action, right? <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. As the Father sent me, mm. now I send you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too should walk in the newness of life. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. He's the firstborn among many. I have given them the glory that you yeah. gave me. You know, we love to quote the, well, you know, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Which is sandwiched right in between righteousness, saying that we're all made righteous yeah. through faith in Christ. <laughs> no, um, no, we like to yeah, we like to cut and clip, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then Jesus comes in, I have given them the glory that they felt. When you take of. in the whole gospel as a whole, it's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. we're really invited to go up. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something that I'd like to know the inside story on between the two of you. Oh boy. <laughs> There's a little ritual that you do every day when you come home from work. Mm. Oh yes. Can you S-C-T. tell me about it? The SCT. 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 Yep. Sacred coffee time. Coffee time. Okay. Sacred coffee time. Yes. Tell me about that. The only people allowed to interrupt are people who are willing to join in on the sacredness of Spending time with Jesus, yeah. like I'm saying, if our children want to come, they have to be willing <laughs> to participate. It's not time for anything else. Yeah, it's an intentional time where we take out our Bibles, we get our coffee, and it's just the three of us, me, Kritas, and Jesus. And we just get excited about life, about what he's taught us, about what he's spoken to us throughout the day. It's a sacred time, actually. 15, 20 minutes half an hour. Depends on where the spirit leads. It's so funny. Haley knows now, like, when you guys are done SCT, you need to sign this homework sheet. (laughs) Okay. But she listens too. Sometimes I'll say something to Haley, like something will happen. I'm like, okay, this is a good chance to teach her a lesson and tie it in with Jesus and show her. And she's like, I know, dad, I hear you guys every day. She's like (laughs) picking up on this stuff. So it's an interesting reminder that not just kids, but people. People are watching. They're weighing how we live our lives. They're listening. People you don't even know. And so when we live our lives in Christ every second of every day, always with our eyes fixed on Him, desiring Him, people are going to see it. And if they're hungry, they're going to get a dose of Jesus, and that might cause them to pursue a relationship, right? So just so everybody knows, Nathan is an industrial electrician, and you've been doing that for years, and you love your job. And you go all over the place doing cool things to different sites. And you have a lot of people that you work with. I've heard all kinds of stories from yourself and also from Caritas about things that have happened at work Mm. as you shine your light out there. And I would like you to tell our listeners a couple of the coolest stories that you have. Oh man, work is, it's a mission field. I work with a lot of people who are far, far from Christ. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. Just lost brothers and sisters, just like I was. They're always surprised when they find out you were 30 years old when you started to believe in God. Yeah, yeah. Because they see your passion and your love for him. Didn't one guy say, well, I I wasn't raised brainwashed by this stuff like you were. And then when he found out that you actually came to the Lord at 30, that took his breath away. Yeah, there's there's countless times at work where Holy Spirit's shown up. Like I said, I get to work early. And so For a period of time, I really felt strongly God wanted me to pray this specific prayer. I would pray that the Holy Spirit would change the atmosphere around me. Mm -hmm. And I prayed this for a month in my car every morning before work. And crazy things started happening. People I would just say hi or good morning to, they just started coming up to me and like telling me these deep issues that they're going through and breaking down. And then they kind of like snap out of it. And they're like, 
I don't know why I'm telling you all of this. <laughs> what I'm just like, happened? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm I, I do. <laughs> I know exactly why. And let me tell you something. And it would lead into amazing conversations about Jesus. I've had the opportunity to pray for so many people. People know what they're going to get now. <laughs> I've been praying for people's shoulders to get healed or their knees to get healed. They'll be smirking. But like right. the lunchroom is full of people and you never know who's listening. Maybe the guy in the far corner and what he's taking in. I remember one guy, he was a very hard man. He would belittle people. He would talk down to people. He would shout and yell and not a very friendly individual. And he ran a crew of people. And I remember one time after I was praying this prayer that the Holy Spirit would change the atmosphere, he was talking to me. And all of a sudden, I didn't ask him, but he just started telling me about how his wife was sick and she had cancer and how he had to go through and help her with all these treatments and give her all these shots and carry her into her bed and how she eventually passed away. And I don't think he had told anybody this. And the same thing, he looked at me, he said, well, she's like, I don't know really why I'm sharing this with you. And I said, well, I do. And, you know, I believe Jesus wants to give you peace and would it be okay if I prayed with you? And you could see it in his eyes, the smirk, like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, okay, go ahead, nut job. You're going to like pray for me. And I just started praying for peace. And the second I started praying, he broke down. He just lost it. And you could see desperately he needed hope. And so this hard man, he's just another lost brother. Yeah. So God has really changed my point of view on how I view other people that, you know, I used to probably look at and probably have their whole life mapped out and judge them for how they looked or how they acted or how they treated people. We love because he first loved us. Right. Yeah. And when you start to give your life to him and you realize you're no longer in need of people loving you the same as you were, you're more in a position to love the people that are in front of you. Mm -hmm. I remember one time there was the safety officer on our site and he had like a shriveled up arm. You know, at that time, I just didn't even think about it. I just walked up to him like, hey, like I'm Nathan. I don't know what you believe, but like, I really feel like Jesus wants to heal you. And would it be okay if I prayed for your arm? And he was a little bit like shy at first, but he was like, well, yeah, sure. Okay. And I took his hand and I prayed for it and he started breaking down. He told me, he's like, people are usually like, repulsed by my hand. They don't even want to look at it. He's like, you just took it. You just held my hand. I'm like, yeah, well, God wants to heal it. You know, I didn't see his arm grow out like I was praying for, but man, it opened up a serious conversation about faith and about eternity. And we had an amazing conversation and it opened a door into a beautiful relationship with this guy. It's like anywhere in the world, there are so many opportunities. Another cool story, because this one's interesting. You know, some people will get offended if, you know, you take the Lord's name in vain. If you work on a construction site like I do, yeah, the talk is just absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people notice when you don't participate, they start checking themselves. Or if they do say something, they're like, oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Like, I, I shouldn't say that. I'm like, I never told you not to, like, but they feel convicted. And one time, one guy, he was talking to another guy and he said, oh, Jesus Christ. And I right away, I said, yes, I love that name. I'm so glad you brought him up. <laughs> and this guy, he just started laughing. He thought it was the funniest thing. Comes back to work the next day. He's like, oh, I went out to the bar with all my buddies and I told them this story about Jesus and all this stuff. Now this guy's preaching Jesus to all of his friends, but he doesn't even know it. And we actually developed an amazing relationship and he actually like started seeking. He actually asked me some really deep questions about Jesus and where his heart was after I left that job site. I don't know, but it's seeds planted, right? That is so great. <laughs> oh yeah, it was funny. Such a good story. Nathan, you are an artist play guitar, bass, you're multi-instrumentalist, you write songs, and you love to worship. 
Mm. I want to know what is your journey in worship and are there any stories that you can tell me about things that have happened in your life through worship? As I mentioned briefly before, I was very new in faith. You came into the scene with a very, very deep understanding revelation. In fact, I, I remember hearing in your testimony, you saying that worship saved your life. Yeah. So when you came into my life in, in that context, just listening and watching the way that you engaged with our Father in heaven, I noticed one of the things is you'll just sit there in silence and you'll just listen and wait for him to speak. That's something I've kind of learned from you to, to do. I just, I'll just sit there before I even worship. I'll just ask our Father, like, what would please you right now? And what can I offer you, you know? Mm-hmm. And understanding that worship is so much more than music, so much more than a song, understanding that my life lived is worship to our Father and living a transformed life and laying my life down is worshiping. Every act that I can possibly do to bring glory to God is an act of worship. So my understanding of worship has has changed a lot. You'll oftentimes take your guitar out to a park bench and just sit out there and worship and let the atmosphere be changed by your worship. Yeah, COVID was um, an interesting time. I went out to the to the little lake that's in Abbotsford here, and oh yeah, so many cool things came out of that. I would just worship alongside the trail and people walk by. Some people just kind of look and keep walking. Other people stand there listening. I remember one time a guy rode by on his BMX bike with his headphones just blasting. I could hear them over my guitar and he stopped and he was just listening. His headphones were still going. And then before long, he was in tears and I finished the song and he just said, I just want to thank you. He's like, I needed that today. I ended up having this conversation with this guy about Jesus and encouraging him in hope just from the atmosphere of worship around, right? How did he even hear you with his headphones blasting? <laughs> you know, I, the Holy Spirit. I believe, <laughs> honestly, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Another time, this was kind of cool. God gave me a little word of knowledge. I was packing up from, from playing and I saw this elderly lady sitting on the bench all by herself and like plain as day, I just saw the words amazing grace. I was like, okay, I don't know what that was, but I just kind of went past her and we made eye contact. And I said, hey, how's it going today? And she's like, oh, not so good. And I'm like, oh, you want to tell me about it? And so her husband was in the care home and she wasn't allowed to see him because of the whole COVID things. Right. I said, well, hey, would you like a song? And she's like, you know, I would really like that. I would really love to hear Amazing Grace. I played Amazing Grace and she just listened and we cried together. I encouraged her. It was just a beautiful moment, spreading hope and encouraging people, you know, to hang on and to keep their focus on Jesus and that they're not alone, you know, Mm -hmm. with them through it. So I just wonder if you could pray a prayer of impartation over people from what he's put in you just to impart that to people that might be listening or watching today. Yeah, absolutely. Be honored to. Okay. Father God, I'm so grateful for the kind of hope that you offer us. It's different than the kind of hope that we can find in the world. It's a hope filled with anticipation and expectation. Your promises are always yes and amen. You're always present. You're always available. I just pray that you would make yourself real to our listeners here, to anybody who may be doubting, to anybody who may be waiting. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would come fresh in a revelation of your goodness and your love for them. Holy Spirit, I I pray for that hunger and that desire. It's not a discipline that we have to go through to be with you. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And I thank you that you're that kind of God in our lives. I thank you that you you make yourself so accessible 
and that you invite us into a life where we can walk with you and where we can walk just like you walk. So I thank you that you're with us, that you're in us. I thank you for your promises and I thank you for the hope that we have in you every single day. Amen. Amen. Nathan, what is your favorite scripture verse? Where it says to, to know the love of Christ, to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God mm-hmm. because to know his love, we're not lacking anything. We're filled, we're made complete, we're brought to fullness. So that's another thing I just pray over people is to know the love of the Father. Mm-hmm. And if there were one thing that you could say to people listening? I think the thing that's on my heart is um, God is faithful. He desires to have an intimate relationship with you. He is excited when you surrender to him and when you seek him, it fills him with joy. And he wants that kind of relationship with you. He wants to be a father to you and he wants you to have a desire to know him more and he'll reveal himself. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's where we're going to leave it today, Caritas. I'm going to leave it. Beautiful. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Jesus is amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Nathan. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today on Let's Go Up. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. So if you find this conversation encouraging, you could always hit like and or subscribe. And if you want to be notified, ding, ding, ding. And there's also share. If you want to know more about us, there's our website. Let's go up dot us. Because we're in this together. Yep. So have an awesome week and we'll see you again in a week's time. Bye. Bye.